0: So the automobile history demonstrates how it liberated people, but autonomous vehicles is going to further liberate us because now you can live wherever you want and your commute is no longer going to be a a downtime. It's going to be productive time. You could use it however you like. And after you're done with your trip, you actually come out refreshed and relaxed.
1: Welcome back to the Inspired Execution podcast. Each episode shares the experience and learnings of a world-class leader on their journey to success. The guests on this podcast are bold, brilliant, and not afraid to change. As you navigate your own path, we hope you feel inspired by their stories, lessons learned, and the vision of the future. Today, we're joined by Hussein Mahana, head of AI and ML at Cruise. He's helping build the future of transportation with the world's first self-driving cars. From Microsoft to Facebook, Snap, and Google, Hussein is a master of scaling technologies, leading cross-functional teams, and innovating like crazy. His success has led him to be part of San Francisco Business Times 40 under 40 list. Today, we discussed his most impactful experiences, unpopular opinions about AI, and much more. Hussein, it's great to see you again. It's been a while. Thank you very much for joining the podcast. Uh, thanks, Chep.
0: Excited to be here.
1: So before we jump into your career journey, I'd love to know what is something that most people don't know about you? Well, there's one thing
0: that maybe some people know about me, which is I really love cigars, particularly Cuban cigars. I have a small stash of legally acquired Cuban cigars that I like to enjoy. And I always make sure that the stash is refilled.
1: That's awesome. Where do you get it from? Oh, you're not going to reveal your sources on a podcast? No, no, I,
0: I can reveal it. You're okay to come into the U.S. with like about 100 cigar sticks. So, so I just make sure friends and family, whoever's coming in, they, they, they bring me some
1: with them. I have a feeling the stash is not that small, but that's all right. That's, that's a conversation for another time. You started out as an engineer at Microsoft and then went on to lead teams at Facebook, Snap, and then at Google, where we met. What's been a magic moment
0: Actually, my most magical moment so far was in 2021, late 2021, when I had my first driverless ride in San Francisco. So that's a real robot, no safety driver behind the wheel, no stop button, nothing. It was a 15 minute ride and it was really good to have that you know, after two and a half years at cruise, it was very smooth because machines are very good in calculating sort of the optimal braking force, etc. I was teary eyed for five minutes, but then it got boring because there's just not much to do. And so I started looking on my social media and I actually think that boredom is, is sort of magical in itself.
1: You were at cruise and you believed in it because you're working on the tech Was there a little bit of intimidation, like a little fear when you got in? Because the average consumer has not had an inside out view of this. They're just sitting in a car and like, oh shit, I'm not in control. How did you feel?
0: It's a great point. You know, for the first two to three minutes, That's actually a normal feeling that everybody has. But because the vehicle really drives smoothly and confidently, you start feeling relaxed and you start feeling, oh, this car knows what it's doing. So five minutes into the ride, as I said, I just kind of got a little bit bored and started looking at my phone. We have actually a lot of customers who sleep in the car and we actually joke about what should our alarm sound be like. So yeah, at the beginning, I I think folks have that feeling, but it dissipates quickly.
1: I actually think that this has the potential to change, not the way we drive, but the way we live. A lot of research being done, afternoon naps are good. You could actually say, I'm going to take a 20 minute ride and I'm going to take a nap for 15 minutes or meditate for 15 minutes in the car, not just be in a device, but do something other than be on a device. And it seems like people are doing that.
0: One hundred percent. So the automobile history demonstrates how it liberated people, but autonomous vehicles is gonna further liberate us because now you can live wherever you want and your commute is no longer going to be a downtime, it's going to be productive time. You could use it with however you like. And after you're done with your trip, you actually come out refreshed and relaxed, ready to go to work or go to the doctor or whatever it is. So I totally agree with you. It's going to have a hugely big impact on our environment. And add on top of that, it's going to be an all electric fleet. So it's environmentally friendly and it's going to be safer for you as a passenger and for everybody around you.
1: So I think it's very different than taking a Facebook or a Google bus or taking public transportation. It feels like you have your own space. And they cherish that. Is that, will that be the motivation? Obviously, you have a ton of flexibility that goes with it as well.
0: No, a hundred percent. In fact, when we talk to customers, a lot of customers indicate this comfort of getting into a vehicle with a driver they don't know about, or it's a stranger, particularly late at night. We know that a lot of customers are waiting for the solution because it's their own space and they feel safe in it.
1: So this privacy... There's flexibility and obviously safety. So going back at Facebook, you focused on AI and machine learning, found multiple research groups there. What's the most controversial opinion you have about AI?
0: That's a great question. So I think a lot of us realize that AI is going to disrupt many industries. But I think the controversial opinion I have is that the industry which is going to face most disruption is robotics. A lot of people don't know that roboticists have traditionally not used machine learning. So you may have seen those videos of those human looking kind of robots or animal looking robots dancing, flipping in the air. What you don't see is the many, many times where they stumble and get stuck and just don't work properly in a a general sense and most of these robots haven't used ML till as late as 2019. So actually machine learning is just disrupting robotics and I believe it will help robotics deliver on its potential. But to be fair, robotics is also going to make machine learning and AI a lot better because when you're building a robot, you need to be very rigorous with how you evaluate it. So in autonomous vehicles, we need to understand all the errors that our models make. And that would help us solve problems with AI, like bias, as an example.
1: And you can actually see this, right? I mean, you go to the high schools, and you talk to the kids, they're still thinking it's mechanical and electrical. They're not starting to say, let me get a Tensor for model here and let me implement it there. They're not thinking that way yet. It's not in the system is probably the best way to put it. Is that fair?
0: That is a very astute comment, 100% correct. Most of robotics is confined in the Megatronics world, like building the robot and the mechanical side. The next real revolution is now building the software for it. I envision a future where we're going to have operating systems for robots and developers will build applications. So maybe your home robot, you can download an application to fold the laundry, another application to walk the dog, etc.
1: Yeah, that's super insightful. So you're heading up AI and ML at Cruise, a company that's building a self-driving vehicle, right? Vehicles. And we've talked about that. It is being something obviously being talked about by a bunch of different companies. You guys are on the cutting edge of this. What is the biggest challenge the industry, your specific industry is facing now?
0: I think it's, it's not just a challenge for AV, but it's a challenge for AI in general, in order for this technology to scale the globe, we have to deal with a lot more geographies. And in those geographies, you may have different weather conditions like fog, sandstorms, rain, etc. Now. If we're going to build a custom solution, AI solution for each and every geography, that's just going to be expensive. We need to move from building machine learning models where a lot of human beings are involved into machine learning models that learn autonomously as much as possible. So we want to get to a stage where every mile that we see is autonomously learned by our models, and tested autonomously so that our car just evolves by itself versus enormous amount of human effort required to evolve the car's behavior.
1: So the word autonomous is super interesting. And if you really think about it, I believe AI and ML at some point will become like SQL and object-oriented programming. It'll just become part of everything we do. You're never going to talk about AI and ML again, and maybe a decade, but it'll just be there. It'll be in everything you do. But the goal is autonomous behavior, right? You want an autonomous car. You want autonomous teams. Are people starting to get the concept of autonomous, that the goal of AI and ML is to have an autonomous company where Machines can do repetitious tasks better than human beings, and you let them do that and let them learn so that human beings can focus on things that are not repetitious, and it actually makes the entire company more efficient. It's bigger than what you were mentioning, but the word autonomous is a, is a trigger word for me, and we think, we've been thinking a lot about data-driven enterprises are going to become autonomous enterprises, they are not going to become AI-driven enterprises because an AI-driven enterprise is not a goal, but an autonomous enterprise is a goal. Is that fair?
0: It's absolutely fair. So let me explain it in sort of the data-driven company. I see a couple of stages. One, which is collecting the data, capturing the data. The second stage is extracting insights from the data. Third is learning from these insights. And the fourth is testing and deploying these insights and then after you deploy them, you continue this loop. So the most important thing here is how much human involvement in each stage. Today, when we're building machine learning models, there's a lot of human beings involved. What does this mean? If you deploy a model, the amount of evolution it can do by itself is limited. Eventually, you discover that the model has a defect or a limitation. Human beings need to Collect the data, extract insights, learn from the insights and deploy it. What we wanna do is we want to do as much of this loop autonomously. It's a completely different paradigm from just building machine learning models using a lot of human beings. It also goes beyond some of the concepts of AutoML that you hear today. Not because the AutoML concepts only focus on learning from insights, but what is difficult and still very human-based is extracting insights—it's the data-driven part—is looking at the data and getting an intuition of what could be the problem. That is much harder to automate, and but it is necessary for us to build a product that sort of autonomously evolves as much as possible.
1: I just want you to know that you're, we're setting up for an entirely new podcast called "We'll Just Talk About Autonomous" because we definitely have been thinking a lot about it. I land up talking to. CIOs and CTOs about autonomous a lot more than we do about AI and ML, and they actually get it. So if you really think about, and I'll bring Cruz into the conversation as well, but if you think about most companies, they have a stack and they say, we have data, we'll put ML on top and go from there, right? But an AI-native company like Cruz, where you actually kind of sort of don't exist without AI, right? Your operating model, the way you actually structure teams, how do you work together is completely different. My point of view would be AI is not on top. It's the foundation. Everything is built on top. It's like you reverse the model. Tell us more about why is it on an AI native company? How is it different?
0: The difference, in my opinion, between AI native products and traditional products comes back to the point we're talking about, how autonomously can the product evolve? Let me just give an example that's a bit outdated. You know, in the good old days, you would buy a Microsoft CD for Microsoft Office. You'd install it on your laptop. And then a few years later, you'll install another version. And then you'd see that there's some changes in the product. These changes did not happen autonomously. They happened via the authors of the software. The biggest difference, as I said, is the... AI native product actually autonomously learns, extracts and learns from the insights as it's interacting with customers. And so to give a concrete example, every mile we drive, there's something to learn. There's something to improve. How can we convert that mile as quickly as possible into an updated model that is ready to be deployed with very little human intervention? So what does that mean? The simplest thing is, Machine learning engineers need to learn, not just to build a machine learning model, they need to learn how to build an autonomously learning machine learning model. They need to automate their own job. And that's why we have a major paradigm at Cruise called the continuous learning machine. It's very different than building normal machine learning stuff. And the engineers at the beginning, new engineers coming to cruise, they struggle because they're like, what is this? You're telling me I have to automate my work? That's interesting. I thought I was automating driving. And we're like, no, you're automating your work so that we just don't build a robot that can drive. We build a robot that can learn from various conditions and improve its own performance. This is going to be very important for real AI products. The static concept of a product that you ship and release, and that's it, is not going to work in my opinion for AI products that need to scale the globe because there's just so many things to learn from. So many different long tail cases, as we call them. The beauty of human beings is not intelligence, it's the ability to learn. People sometimes confuse machine learning as the machine is learning, so that's like humans. No, it's learning with a lot of human input can it learn autonomously you know human beings can learn really well by themselves just look at children they look around them and they discover so many rules by themselves machine learning models or machine learning in general is not there yet it doesn't have this autonomous learning capability yet
1: and what is holding it back i think it's it's
0: another iteration you know that needs to happen i think so far machine learning has been deployed in ways where performance, high levels of performance are not required. So I'll give you an example. I've worked in ads before, as long as you're 1% better, that's great success. But in autonomous vehicles, we cannot be 1% better. We need to be safe. So that's why robotics pushes machine learning to its limits. And that's when we discover, oh, we can't just incrementally build these models. These models need to evolve by themselves.
1: What do you think is the future of autonomous vehicles? What can we expect from the future of autonomous vehicles over the next three years, five years, 10 years? I think that we'll have
0: AVs everywhere, that people will stop buying personal vehicles. And this will have massive benefits for society. So, number one, we talked about it being safer, so accidents are gonna go way down. Number two, it will be actually liberating because now you can choose with more freedom where to live and arrive at your destination refreshed and feeling that commute is a productive part of your day. I'm actually very excited about the impact it will have on specific communities that are maybe denied affordable private transportation like the blind or handicapped. Going to public transportation is an effort for them. So this is going to be fantastic. I'm very excited about the fact that people will no longer need to buy a vehicle, have it sitting on the driveway most of the time, need to bother and figure out where to park it and pay insurance and so on. Rather, transportation will be a pay-as-you-go, just like water and gas. So I think transportation has made enormous amount of leaps and bounds in the past century. But with autonomy, we're just going to change this picture completely. And I think it will be really good for the environment, society in everybody. And the time frame? That's a very good question. I <laughs> wish I had a dollar for every time someone <laughs> asked me about that. To be transparent, it might take a while to convert every mile driven into the United States into an autonomously driven mile. However, Cruise has a very smart that strategy of focusing on cities where that's where most of the inefficient miles. So trucking is actually efficient because they're long distances, but cities like San Francisco, New York, etc., they're quite inefficient. I think in the next two to five years, you're going to see a lot more autonomous vehicles in major cities in the United
1: States. That is awesome. All right, I'm going to change directions. Before we jump into the rapid fire round, I have to ask, what's the best advice you've ever received?
0: The best advice I received was from a great leader at Meta. His name is Nam Nguyen. And he said, hey, look, you're building all these awesome technologies, but the real power is in motivating people and building strong cross-functional relationships. His advice is actually super important for AI because AI is really a team sport, and it requires significant amount of collaboration. Let me give you an example. Hiring AI talent is so hard. And so when I joined Cruise, our AI recruiting team was junior at the beginning, three and a half years ago. So I invested significant amount of time to hire awesome AI recruiters. And this was extremely beneficial for us because They then helped us hire a world-class team. And I can easily say that without that team and without that recruiting team, Cruz wouldn't be where where it is. So my advice to everyone is invest in your teammates, invest in your cross-functional partners and collaborators. They're really eager to help you. And with some intentional investment, you're going to reap massive ROI from a business perspective and as a human being.
1: There's a nugget there I just want to you bought on AI recruiters, right? These were not recruiters who knew how to hire SWES, right? Software engineers for the for the audience that doesn't follow the lingo is and they were specifically folks who were very well versed to speak the ML AI language that folks are used to. And I think that is something that's telling, right? It's not just recruiting. It's a very specialized segment of recruiting that speaks the language.
0: That's right. It's very important that these, I mean, first of all, they need to know who to talk to. And then when they find the right talent, they need to be able to share a similar context. And so that team exactly does that.
1: All right, rapid fire. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I want to say the first thing that comes to mind. So let's go. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Coffee, for sure. Your current TV show binge. House of Dragon. Wow, I've been watching it. I'm, I'm starting to lose a little bit of interest, though. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes. There's... It's it's like over the, after the after episode six. It's kind of like you know gone a little bit downhill, right? Yes, yes. I hope they I hope they bring it back up. So, one person you inspired throughout your career the most?
0: I've had a long-term business coach so far. His name is. Brian McCarthy, and he's inspired my career significantly. He helped me learn more about emotional intelligence and and understand the value of it.
1: One word that describes great leaders
0: I would say self aware.
1: What do you want to leave behind as your greatest legacy?
0: You know, the Egyptian in me likes legacies. We like to to build pyramids. But I, I actually would like to be part of the team that makes autonomous vehicles and robotics a reality.
1: Hussein, this was phenomenal. Thanks for your perspective and inspiration. Our listeners are going to learn a lot from this conversation. Thank you.
0: Likewise. Thank you.